0: Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fiona Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We're concluding our discussion with Chad Barreitha today and we're looking at continuous improvement in terms of the process, who's responsible, where does the buck stop and start and the confusion around just-in-time manufacturing. Well, when you talk about DMAIC and you get to the part of control, so now we're making sure we've got the process, we got it right, and now control so no one tampers with it and (laughs) undo it. But you also mentioned earlier about continuous improvement, and that is so important. So we can't just leave it there, and 10 years down the track, we'll look at it. Talk more about the continuous improvement.
1: Oh, okay. So one of the the kind of the mental paradigm shift that needs to happen in organizations is that if we just start off with thinking about a frontline workforce, so an assembly worker, a service technician, maybe um, a customer service rep in a call center, frontline direct contact with the employee, with the um, customer, I'm sorry, direct contact with the customer and typically hourly workforce, hourly wage workforce, we see their job as executing the process. Mm. run the process that we design. And, and the paradigm, the thinking change that we need to have in that situation is their job is to do the work and improve the work.
0: Yeah,
1: And, and so how do you do that is so we can have these these iterations if the ideas are coming from the same place that, that is improving it. And, and that sounds easy to do, but the challenge is we need to give folks time to make that improvement. So again, I, I'd go to a, a story from my past of Working on a particular assembly line, in uh, this is in a medical device industry, we are working with one business unit and deploying daily management of the process. And, and one of those components, we're working from that up of identifying issues that are preventing us from hitting the target. We're like, great. Now we understand daily performance. We understand when we're on and off target. Now we need to start problem solving. When are you going to give the team time to problem solve? On their lunch break. Time out. <laughs> no one is going to voluntarily give up their break to do work. And in the U S it's probably against the law as well. But what we challenged the the workforce was like, well, I'm sorry, the the management with was let's just run an experiment. Let's do it for, for three months. We'll Mm -hmm. give them one, the team collectively one hour on Friday on the clock paid to prioritize a problem and start the problem solving process. So you think about that, one hour a week, you take out vacations, that's uh, 48 hours a year, like right? mm-hmm. 48 hours of a 2000 hour work year that we have. Like, that's not a big improvement that you need to make. Mm-hmm. So one problem solved, we were able to pay for the, you know, the time yeah. of the whole year, just yeah, by yeah. eliminating a quality defect that didn't require the rework. Why do I tell that story? Because what we need to get people and leadership, even frontline leadership, to understand is you need to give people time to solve their own problems. And so how does this tie back into the continuous improvement? The standards need to be updated and improved by the people who are actually doing the work. In, In most organizations, it is that a manufacturing engineer writes the standard operating procedure and hands it to operations, and then they go execute it. Most of those organizations, if you go check on the line, that's probably not how they're actually doing it. That's perfect.
0: I have many examples
1: that I experienced in the
0: corporate world of what you just said. And it does work that hour and understanding from the middle manager to senior managers, the importance and the payback they get from that is really important because once, once you get them and you show them the results, they've been on board and they want more. That was yeah. my feeling too. my reaction too, is that yeah. once you give them that opportunity and they see, they get a win that yeah. they're going to be committed to it. And they're going to be committed to the process because they've seen that it works.
1: Yeah. If I can expand from that a little bit and go, so now we're talking about hourly. And then if you go up to, you know, some of the organizations I've worked with, I mentioned like R and D. So you're working with scientists or engineers, they're yeah. a salaried workforce. So mm. just give them more work to do. Right. But that's, that's another change that we need to have of like, you need to give them space. Like, what can I deprioritize so I can focus on improving this process over here? Mm-hmm. And whether it's a, it's a Lean Kaizen event or it's a Six Sigma project or it's a rapid yeah. improvement event, whatever you want to call it, if it's extra work, yeah. most of the organizations I've been in, when they do that, as soon as they're done, they're like, yeah. I do not want to do that again. Yeah. But if you're actually giving them space within a 40-hour work week, To make improvements to the way that they do their job, it sounds counterintuitive to like traditional or classical management, as Bob Emiliani would would call it, but it pays back those dividends. If I just stop doing one thing while I improve this process, the the benefits, whether in terms of of quality or time or cost, are going to pay for that small delay in starting that other project.
0: Oh, that's great. Sorry, i bombarded you with a whole lot, and I'm very, very happy we covered everything I wanted to cover.
1: What about you? What else should we cover? You know, for any organization, the hardest change is really for senior leadership to commit to it. And I don't just mean like sponsor it and say we want to do it or establish the goal on the front end, because it ends up being, for sustainable continuous improvement, a change in the way that we run the business. So you mentioned before about DMAIC and the control phase, because we don't want to come back and rework on that process two years down the road. A concept that comes out of lean management and, and works very nicely with DMAIC is leader standard work, to say that we don't just have standard work down where we're assembling the widget or taking the phone call or performing the field service or whatever the frontline work is, that there's an obligation as we move up the hierarchy of leadership to also ensure that our processes are working. So frontline leadership needs to be there to, to coach and develop, right? This isn't like the whip and the stick, right? This yeah. is to coach and develop the frontline employees that they understand the, the procedures, they understand why they're important, they understand the tricks and the tools appropriate for doing the work. Then as we go up the next layer, that the manager of those frontline supervisor ensures that they understand why we measure things a certain way and why yeah. processes are developed the way and, and what it means to the customer. And then as we go up to, say, a director level, at the director level can communicate down to the manager and hold them accountable for verifying their processes on a regular basis. And that cascade goes all the way up to senior leadership where this this mm. concept of process confirmation, of of being process-based in my thinking, not just results. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is, most organizations are managed by results or managed by metrics. And, and that's not bad, but if that's the only way we run our business, we're always managing the business, looking in the rearview mirror, mm. but you drive on the right side of the road when you drive down there. Right. So yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so if I'm driving If I'm looking at metrics, it's already happened. Right. So if I'm mm. measuring things like quality rate on a line, Well, all that data has already happened. Where where do I get advantages as a a leader is by reinforcing the process to prevent those. But it's not just holding the frontline accountable. And as we talked earlier, like retraining them when they mess up, it's like, well, where is the supervisor in performing routine spot checks and redirecting the people if they're picturing a piece wrong before we create a quality defect? Where's the accountability of man of the manager to make sure that our supervisors understand the processes so they can coach their people? Where's the accountability of the directors to make sure that the managers understand the business goals and what we're trying to accomplish? And then up to the, the vice president level so they can communicate yeah. to the directors what our strategic goals are for the year and the quarter so that we can make sure we're establishing the right processes. And that doesn't come from just metrics. That is a routine, a predefined in a planned cadence of touching base on making sure are you d- running your processes not mm. did you get the results it's like are you running your processes so we go all the way back to the beginning of our conversation about the system is like you can't just manage by the results the system part of it is that control phase is the leader standard work the process confirmation and that is a a fundamental change in the way that most leaders got to where they are today yeah So you see that you see the mental, the psychological challenge there of like getting a leader who has been very successful in their career to get to a higher level position to now make a decision. If I want to change the whole game, (laughs) right, change the rules of the game, even though that's exactly what got me here. And so you have a lot of organizations as we go back to talking about the question, is it still relevant that are saying lean doesn't work? Or Six Sigma isn't relevant anymore, but it's because they've instituted it as a program, like a bolt-on extra thing to do. Yeah. They have not invested in like a fundamental change in mm. the system they use to manage their their business.
0: Yeah. And that's no different to the quality management systems. They yeah. were all introduced as add-ons. And, you know, you had a special unit that introduced it and then they got dissolved and you thought, well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, (laughs) it it didn't become part of the operational procedures. It was just something that was done at the time. I'm interested in, in that sense is that the last few years have challenged businesses in all sorts of ways. Have you seen an increase in people looking for that process type of evaluation of their businesses?
1: Unfortunately, no. Here's what I, what I will say. If we look at, um, you say the last couple of years. So if I understand you correctly, and we're talking about COVID and supply chain mm-hmm. disruptions and things of that yeah. nature, you saw a lot of articles, even like mass media, right? That, that were saying, does lean really work? Is just-in-time really sustainable? But the challenge is they, they didn't institute just-in-time, not the way it was originally designed to. They may have reduced inventory, But they offshored supply and there was unknown supply chain risk adopted to lower those inventory levels in a lot of cases, right? I'm I'm making kind of blanket statements to illustrate the point. I'm trying to remember, there's a a conference I was at last year and I'm struggling for the the presenter that was at it. I think it was Richard Sheridan out of a a company called Menlo Innovations, which is a, a software development company in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And was talking about how, as we get into this downturn, as we're coming out of COVID and supply chains were stabilizing, or they were still a little bit uh, amok, was that there was two kinds of organizations. There are organizations who are going to invest in process, and they're going to come out stronger the other side. And there's organizations who are not and might not survive. Again, I'm making a a dramatic (laughs) statement of effect, but I think to answer your question, I'm not seeing an increase in organizations that are looking to invest in process to stabilize and and grow for the future. I've seen more organizations that have said that lean stuff didn't work, jack up inventory so that we don't run out of stuff again.
0: It's a shame, really, because to my mind, that is the way of the future. That's where we need to be looking. That's yeah. the sustainable future. That's the sustainable business model.
1: If we dig into that a little bit more, and I'm sorry, this is just something that has been a, a little bit of a peeve of mine because people have been looking at things like lower inventory and just in time and say it doesn't work. But the challenge was we, glo- we went to a global market and we offshored stuff to save three cents a unit or whatever, right? And that is not the way like the original just in time, it was the local suppliers with strong business relationships, which was the lowest risk investment for the customer. So going back to customer to making sure that we have a stable, reliable, it wasn't lowering inventories and sole sourcing contracts to save money. It was really to have a predictable flow of materials over time. So we had a mutually beneficial relationship with the supplier to better serve our customer and like that part was missed. It was like, Oh, just in time doesn't work. We lowered inventories and we ran out of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. right. We had, I don't, I don't know the number, right. But you had a handful of companies producing microchips for the whole world. Yeah. You all carry low inventory, but it was the same company,
0: and then they had the the outside influence of, of a government saying, you can't do it there anymore. You can't manufacture it there sure. anymore. So yeah, they, they really weren't prepared for, for any of the contingencies. It does come back, though, to what you talked about very early on about defining what you're there for, what mm. the purpose is. Absolutely. Almost a couple of minutes to talk about your book. Yes. Okay.
1: Well, thanks. So, yeah, I've, uh, so I've been doing uh, this type of work, as you mentioned in the introduction in my bio, for 15 years. I have recognized that most organizations' challenge is just where to start. A lot of consultants come in or organizations come in kind of under the banner of Lean or Six Sigma. And, and if you look and search the web, there's kind of a wide variety of what people say Lean is. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of it is uh, what I would call a tool-based approach. I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to come in and S your plan. Right. We're going to come in and we're going to teach you, um, you know, Kaizen events uh, or, as we just mentioned before, we're going to lower inventory and do uh, just in time with Kanban. But that tool based approach doesn't build the system that's going to make it sustainable. So pulling on the information I've gleaned and that I've taken from from my mentors that had uh, experience in different organizations and industries of Lean or Six Sigma, I've synthesized that together, an approach I've been using with my clients, and documented that into a text. That the, so the the draft manuscript is complete. I'll have it out this month to a couple of technical reviewers to make sure it's uh, yeah. it's sensible, <laughs> and then starts the process that I have no visibility of. Like I've never done it before, of like all of the the content, and then the copy editing, and then the formatting and stuff like that. So, yeah. but this book it has been. Um, A wonderful opportunity to really kind of pressure test my approach. And I think I've learned a lot of things myself just by going through the process, which um, just kind of side note, if there's any of your listening audience that is like thinking about getting into a particular field, I, I challenge you to write it down, even if you don't decide to write a book, write an article, start writing it down to make sure that you understand it, you learn so much through the writing process. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the product and the service I can offer my clients now is five times better than it was before I started writing it down. Mm-hmm. So
0: That's you great. found a process, an improved yes. process for yourself. Yes. This is very good. An improved process. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes.
0: Well, thanks for that. You let us know when it out. My target is
1: third, third quarter of 2023. I will keep you updated if yes. I'm making that deadline.
0: Very good. And what process you've improved in the meantime to make sure that you do get there. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, it's been really educational talking to you. I I have enjoyed it immensely. I will say I was disappointed that that you haven't seen an improvement in the process uptake of people. But that's just my (laughs) personal view. And I'll be shouting that from the rooftops now. People should be doing it that way. It has been a different topic for us to talk about and we've talked about it in the, the sort of depth that, that we need to for our listening audience, so we do appreciate your time and the sharing of your expertise, and we look forward to giving you an opportunity to tell us a dad joke.
1: Okay, a yeah. dad joke.
0: <laughs> because I will say for our listeners that, that in the bio, he mentioned it as, as the last thing, <laughs> and you know how I read things, first thing, last thing, and anything in between is lucky to, to get a mention.
1: Okay, well, I, I will tell, it's one, it's one of my daughter's, so I, I have three children, it's one, it's one of my daughter's favorite dad jokes, so, here we go. A skeleton walks into a bar, and he orders a beer and a mop.
0: He ordered a beer and a mop. And a mop. know, yeah, so for when he drinks the beer. Oh, yeah, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh god i'm slow that is a dad joke. Yeah.
1: yeah that's a dad joke
0: that's excellent well thank you for sharing that with us and our, our listeners on a serious note we do thank you chad for joining us today we'll wrap it up here i'm kim bailey she's fulliana osborne we've been talk- talking with Jad Barreta, and this is inside Exec.